So we need, I just wanna quickly remind you a couple of things that we always need to be reminded of. Oh, speaking of reminding. I was talking to a friend, a friend of mine this week. And you know, sometimes we just get in a bad place. Just emotionally, you're just you're struggling and things don't feel, and you feel like I'm going around this mountain again and I don't know if I can make it through and uh, why is this always happening to me and why am I, am I gonna, is my wife, life going to be this way forever? And, and it was just, and they had, this, this person had mentioned, you know, I've, I'm gonna, in a little while I'm going to have to go and, and sp- spend some time with people that I don't really necessarily want to be around. Have you ever, ever been in that situation where you're kind of, you just can't necessarily get out of it, but you've got to go hang around with some people that you don't necessarily want to be around, uh, but it's just easier to go than not go? Uh, And I, I said to them, you know, this gives you a great opportunity to pray for them. It's a great opportunity to spend a little more time around them. You, maybe God will give you some insights into what the real needs are that are going on in their life. Um, maybe God has you in this relationship just so that you can be a conduit of blessing for them, to, to pray for them, and even if it's you're just kind of praying secretly for them, maybe God will even open up an opportunity for you to pray for them. One of these, you know, you can move into a position, maybe this is a transitional position, you can just actually pray for them at some point and bring them closer to Jesus because they... No matter what needs they have, Jesus is the answer to whatever it is. And the response to me, which I thought was kind of positive, but the response was, you know, I just never thought about that. Just never thought about that. Just never thought about that. I think I'll try that. When we're in the middle of something that's messed up, we just focus on the messed up part. We just focus on the, the things about it that just ain't right that we wish were, would stop without ever really considering the possibility that maybe you are in there to be a catalyst or a conduit that God could use to take something that's messed up and begin to make it right. Just a little thought for the day. Uh, The next time you find yourself in a situation you don't want to be in, maybe you're there by God's design so that you can be a vessel that can release his power into a situation and make something better. Start a process, even if it's just knocking over a few dominoes.
to make something better. Right? Think that? Do you think God's capable of using you in a situation that's messed up through His power um, to just be there and be obedient to Him to make something better, to make... To, to bring righteousness into a situation that would make something right that was broken. Do you think that's, do you think that's possible? Do you think that sometimes that, got, that may be part of God's plan for you? Uh, yeah, you like to keep your head down, you know, draw the blinds, um, just eat the ice cream and watch the television. And, but, you know, sometimes you're out there, when you're out there, Because God wants to use you. God, because once God wants to use you. Turn around, look at somebody. You have to kind of look across the room. Find somebody, look at them, and get their attention. Like, hey, over here, and just and just say to them, God, did you know God wants to use you? God wants to use you. God wants to use all of y'all. God wants to use you. God, God, way back in the sound booth. God wants to use you. You know, and when it comes to the kingdom, I'm going to go ahead and just give you this little teaser about something we may talk about some more later. Uh, The time of the week when you are actually least useful to the Lord is when? When you're in church on Sunday morning. I'm not saying coming to church isn't bad. I'm not saying that it's bad. There's a lot of important things that we gather on Sunday morning. But the, the time when you can be most useful and most used by God is out there where somebody needs to be a vessel, a conduit through prayer and presence to have an impact on somebody else's life. And don't you ever forget it. Right? Yes, sir. Okay. Remember, so remember the Antioch Declaration. I, this is, I'm, I just keep reminding, I want us to be reminded of this because this, these were the keys that the New Testament proclaimed. After they, they, they sort of told the story of Jesus up to the resurrection. And then they said, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Let's let's say this together. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? All day, every day, out loud, do you believe that your sins are forgiven and that there's not anything else you need to do to kind of... Smooth the rough edges off of that so God will feel better about you. Your sins are forgiven. And then, the, but more than that, also through Jesus, if you believe in Jesus so that you can appropriate this forgiveness of sins, then you're also freed from all the other things which are broken in your life, which you've been trying through the law of Moses or through some other vehicle to try to fix, try to fix, try to fix. How many of you know that there are things in your life that need to be fixed? How many of you have tried to fix them? How many of, the, how many of you still have things in your life that need to be fixed? And then that's because uh, there are certain things that only Jesus can fix. There are only things that the only way you're going to really be freed from them 
is through the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. This whole notion of righteousness. And, I, and I, that's, a, that's a word I've, I, I've learned a whole different perspective on righteousness this week. I've been reading a book by Ed Silvoso called Ecclesia, and I'll tell you some more about that later. But one of the things we talked, he talks about in his book is this notion of righteousness. And we all, we all tend to think of righteousness as that. I'm, I'm righteousness. I'm righteous. I've got it all together. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and which means I'm now... I like glow in the dark and I can walk through walls and I'm kind of a magic man. And, and wouldn't you like to be like me because I'm righteous? Uh, but that's not what the word means. Uh, um, it, it comes from something that means to take something that was broken and repair it or restore it. It means to, t- to take something that's wrong, something, out, something around you that's wrong and make it right. There was something wrong with me. And by the, by the blood of Jesus, what was wrong with me has now been made right. And God is still working to take other things in you that are wrong and, and, and aren't working right and aren't right. And aren't right, you're not aligned with, still not aligned with him. And he's still working in you to align your life with his life. His goal is to, to do what? Uh, to... So that you reflect the character of Jesus in everything that you do. So that you, the old you is dead and all that shines through is the life of Jesus. Uh, he's, that's a process. He's still working on that. So, uh, so uh, a lot of things that you need to be freed from, only Jesus can do it. The power of the Holy Spirit. And he's still doing it. Just get over yourself. You're not there yet. Even Paul says in, first, I mean, in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I'm... I'm, I haven't attained it yet. My goal is to attain it, but I haven't attained it yet. I'm still pressing on to all that Jesus wants to set me free from and all that he wants to bring into my life. I'm just pushing forward. That's awesome. And, and your job, your responsibility in all of this, make a list of all the stuff that you know is not right with you and then set it as your goal every day to fix one of those things and just check it off. Monday, I'm going to fix this. And Tuesday, I'm going to fix this. Wednesday, I'm going to fix this. Or you could just do what Paul says. Just continue in the grace of God. Just continue in the grace of God. The grace of God who says, it's already okay because I say it's okay. God says it's okay. God says you can trust me. You don't, don't try to understand it. Just trust me. It's okay. Not only is it going to be okay... It's okay now because you can trust me. Don't freak out. So by putting your faith in Jesus, you receive the, the manifestation of your sins being forgiven. Uh, and he starts to work in your life to set you free from all these things. And you just surrender to that. You just surrender to it. That's, and so we've got the, the, that. And it's all done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another thing in this book by Ed Silvoso is just the clear... God, the power of the Holy Spirit wasn't released just so that you could be saved. The power of the Holy Spirit wasn't released into your life just so you could speak in tongues or have fun doing the gifts of the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is the only power that can heal our lives and heal nations. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't here just to give you goosebumps. The power of the Holy Spirit is here to bring, to manifest that righteousness to heal, even heal nations. Uh, I can't talk about that anymore. Okay, so 
right, so who are these guys? That's right, Iron Man and Captain America. Iron Man and Captain America. Which one is Captain America, by the way? <laughs> okay. I just don't know how many of you have seen the movies. So, so the, the whole deal with the end of the Avengers series uh, of movies is that Captain America and Iron Man are the two superhero-iest superhero guys uh, in this franchise of superheroes. And they were a great team. They were a wonderful team. And then they had like a big argument, like a humongous argument. Uh, and they both thought they were right. And so they broke up the team and turned it into two teams and there was like a civil war. Uh, and so when the super evil bad guy came out of nowhere from the edges of the universe and his plan was to destroy half of the universe because, you know, these days you can't find a parking place. So if we just destroy half of everything, then there will be plenty of room to park and you won't have any trouble getting into the good restaurants. I mean, he was just going to just want to destroy half of everything. Um, And all the Avengers had to come back together. Iron Man was still mad at Captain America and Captain America was still mad at Iron Man and they just wanted to stay mad at each other. Just like, um, I'm just, I, I spit in your general direction. Um, I just, um, they, and they, each one believed that they were right. I'm right on this issue and you're wrong. And if, And it's your fault. No, it's your fault because I'm right. And have you ever been in one of those kind of relationships? Um, Generally, the the universe doesn't get saved as long as all your relationships work like that. At some point, you have to let go Because sometimes it's more important to do right than to be right. Uh, because the mission is more important than some of your deeply cherished principles. You've got to figure out what the point is and why we're here and, 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 what, and what the most important goals are in your life. And you can argue about what, what are kind of trivial things later in the face of... Losing the mission or not being able to stop a catastrophe, you can't just sit there and say, no, everybody's going to come around to my point of view because I'm right. I'm Iron Man, and I've got a suit, and that can make me fly, so I'm right. No, I'm Captain America, and I have a shield made out of what? Vibranium, which is pretty, it's pretty tough stuff. And I have and I have metachlorians in my bloodstream, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and and so I've got these superpowers. So I'm right. Everybody has to come to my side. We can fix this thing as long as you just agree with me. Um, you can stay there all day and stare at each other, and let the universe get blown to bits if you want to. Sometimes it's 
there are things that are more important than to be recognized as being right, than, than you getting to, to win and get people to say, You're, you were right on your principles. All right. Quickly, run, this, this is all leading someplace, but we need to get a review first. Remember way back uh, early in, in Acts chapter 15 when they had the council at Jerusalem and um, their people were really, really concerned. A lot of people, the Jews in Jerusalem, were really concerned that um, Paul and Barnabas were leading Gentiles astray by, by telling them it was okay that they didn't have to keep any of the Jewish law anymore. And so it, they came back to Jerusalem. They had this big meeting with, with James and the, and the elders in Jerusalem, and they prayed about it, and they talked about it, and, uh, and they f- finally basically agreed, you know, Paul is probably right. Because Jesus died to pay for our sins, we probably don't have to do all those things. The, we don't have to follow the law like that anymore. So they said, uh, let's, okay, so let's write a letter uh, and, and tell the Gentiles, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from th- things strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. And so there's a lot of high-fiving going on. And this is awesome. It's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, we're so excited. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had won. Uh, and there was one really, really, really important thing that used to be a hallmark uh, if you wanted to become a Jew, a, a, a hallmark of what, every, what all men had to do to become a Jew if they were raised a Gentile, which is not on this list. And that, and that thing is what? Circumcision. Circumcision. Nowhere on there does it say, uh, if uh, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, that if you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, and, oh yeah, of course, you've got to be circumcised, then you don't have to keep any of the rest of the rules. Circumcision is not on there, right? Got it? This becomes important in a minute. Okay, so that was the, that was the good news. They were out to tell everybody about it. Uh, so they had um, they had this sort of a fight. They got there. They told. They went back to Antioch. Told everybody the good news, uh, and and there was a lot of rejoicing because none of the Gentiles wanted to be circumcised, and they all wanted to keep eating barbecue made. Uh, well, anyway, I won't get into that. Uh, but th- remember, then Paul and. Barnabas had a fight over John Mark, uh, and they actually split, kind of like Iron Man and Captain America split, and it took them uh, several years to be reunited. I just wanted to point that out. Eventually, they got over, mostly Paul got over being, needing to be right about that. But then, uh, let's see, this is all, this is all stuff we talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip that because we've already talked about it. Then it got really weird. Barnabas took John Mark and they went to Crete. And that left Paul with this guy named Silas to go uh, complete 
Paul's original plan was to go back to the places where they had preached the gospel first. So he could go back to Lystra and Derbe and Antioch, Pisidia, to tell them, hey, good news, the church of Jerusalem says we don't, you don't have to keep, you're officially released from having to keep all the Jewish law rules anymore. They agreed with us that you just have faith in Jesus. And they were going to go back to all of those places and tell the good news to everybody. Um, and then this happened. So Paul came to Derby and to Lystra, and there was a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And, his, and he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. All those places, the first missionary journey where they had gone and told everybody about Jesus. Now they're back up there again. But Paul, so Paul wanted to take Timothy with him on this trip. And so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts. For all the Jews already knew that his father was a Greek. Can this, all right, now, I want us to all, you know what a record scratch sound is like? Okay, so let's all make a record scratch sound. Give me, give me your best worship of your best version of a record scratching sound ready one two three <laughs> right so they, they took him and they circumcised him because the jews were in those parts for they all knew that his father was a greek <laughs> wait wait what what had paul and barnabas just spent like three or four months doing in Jerusalem. Convincing all of the, the leaders in Jerusalem to agree that if you were a Christian, you didn't have to keep the law anymore. And that you didn't have to, you didn't, uh, you didn't have to keep all the dietary rules uh, you didn't have to keep all of the holidays. Um, you, and most of all, you didn't have to be circumcised. Big victory. They came back to Antioch. Dun, 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 bum, 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 the, all the leaders in Jerusalem to agree that because Jesus has died on the cross to pay for our sins, that all that's required for salvation is just faith in him, and we don't have to live by any of the, the restrictive Jewish laws anymore. And there was five, high-fiving all around, and then the first thing he does when he gets to Derby, he finds Timothy, and he says, um, I think you're going to have to be circumcised. What's, I mean, Paul had fought really, really hard for a particular set of principles, and he believed passionately in those. And then the first chance, he has a chance to, to put them in motion This happens? I mean, 
Maybe you should look. Is my Bible the only one that says this? Does somebody else's Bible have something like, ha ha, fooled you. No, he didn't do that at all. How many sermons have you ever heard on this? On like on this passage? What's going on here? What's happening? Why? Okay, so it says, let's see what we can suss out here. Um, Starting with verse 3, Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him, because why? Because there were Jews in those parts. Got to be careful. There's Jews over there. Uh, So what's, what's going through Paul's mind here? I mean, it's not spelled out, but it's kind of hinted at. What's going through Paul's mind here? Tell me why you think Paul decided to do this. Because, I mean, can you imagine the explanation he has to give to Timothy? Uh, well, Timothy, uh, the good news is that nobody has to be circumcised anymore. The bad news, it's not going to apply to you. <laughs> Record scratch sound again. <laughs> Um, why? Somebody tell me why. That, yeah, keep talking about that. So, I, I, I think that's essentially it. It's, it's, not, it's really kind of a no-brainer. He's, Paul's, when Paul went and he spoke in all of the, the Jewish temples, Paul was a Jew and he was circumcised. Um, you can't really even get into... Uh, the, the, not the temples, the, the, the synagogues. If you weren't a circumcised Jew, you couldn't come inside a synagogue. Um, so, uh, if, and that's why a lot of people who wanted to believe in Jehovah God never joined the synagogue because they couldn't get in because they weren't circumcised. If they were Gentiles, you can't go inside a synagogue because you're not circumcised. So he, so Paul wanted to take Timothy with him to the places that he preached before. And some of those were Jewish synagogues. So if he's going to take Timothy with him. Timothy had to be circumcised. If he wanted to be a part of Paul's mission, let me punch this button. What happens when we do that? Nothing happens. Paul had an end game. In any situation, you have to ask yourself, what is the end game? Incident, that's also the, the name of the last movie where Captain America and Iron Man get back together and they... Uh, the universes blow up anyhow, but it fixed. They get it fixed. They have to like glue it back together. Uh, in any situation, you have to ask yourself, what's the end game? What's the point? What's God's purpose for you and everyone else? Or what's, God, what's the kingdom of God really all about? And what's going on here? Paul had a set of principles that said, Gentiles don't have to be circumcised. End of story. Good news we're all saved by the grace of God. But if Paul's end game 
is to get the gospel message not just to the Gentiles but also to the Jews. And he wants Timothy to help him with that mission. And you can't go into the synagogue unless you are circumcised. Then Paul's principle, which is nobody has to be circumcised anymore, it's outrageous. Paul, it's outrageous that you would require this man to be circumcised, especially after you've told us that we don't have to be circumcised. What is it, Paul? Make up your mind. Well, no, you don't have to be circumcised. But, but my goal is to be able to preach the gospel in places where you can't enter if you're not circumcised. And my, so my, if I'm going to reach those people, I have to put my, my some of my doctrinal principles aside or I won't even have the opportunity or Timothy won't even have the opportunity to be involved in telling the good news to these people. So you've got to, you've got to figure out some, when you are crosswise with somebody or if you're stuck in some sort of a conundrum and you're trying to... And you and you have you're holding on to some passionately you passionately are holding on to some things that are super important to you and things that you would fall on your sword for. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Paul would fall on his sword, ultimately kind of did fall on his sword, over the notion that uh, people didn't have to live by the Jewish law anymore. He didn't believe there's nothing that he was more passionate about than that. But His goal wasn't to just stand on principles. His goal was to reach people for Jesus. That was the end game. How do I get the good news to them? And in this particular circumstance, he didn't want to leave Timothy standing outside with his nose pressed against the door of the synagogue. Timothy was a Jew, as a Jewish father and a Christian mother, made him the perfect person to go inside a synagogue and be able to tell the story about how Jesus had touched his life. Family was well known in in Jewish circles. He's just never been circumcised because his mother was a Christian. The end game, the mission, what's the mission? Is the mission to just stand on principles and be right? Right. Sometimes you either, sometimes in the in the in your ferocious attention to wanting to be right, you end up doing wrong. So that's tricky. You, you have to figure out what's the end game really. If I'm if I'm standing on a principle, is is my standing on a principle keeping me? from being used by God to be a blessing in a situation. Figure it out, commit to it, get over yourself if it suddenly becomes obvious you are getting in the way because it's more important to do right than to be right because the mission is more important than your principles. It's amazing. Yes? Be righteous, not not self-righteous. Well, that's right. Be righteous, not self-righteous. 
That's, that's a very important, very important distinction. I can't imagine what, must, what, what Paul might have gone through to come to this, princ- to come to this decision. Uh, because he had just won, arguably, the biggest debate in the history of Christianity. No, nobody has to live by the laws anymore because we, our sins are forgiven in Jesus. And our faith is now in Jesus and our faith isn't in the law. And what do you suppose went through his mind when it suddenly occurred to him? That he was going to have to, if he wanted Timothy to be a part of his team, he was going to ask, have to ask Timothy to be circumcised. Because it went through, it went against everything that Paul had just argued for, but it was obviously the only way for Timothy to continue as part of the team. Well, I guess all I'm really trying to say is don't. Don't, it's best to never say never about some things. Because sometimes God will just surprise you. You have to remember God's, God's end game is to get the gospel to every creature. And there were some creatures in Derby and Lystra, Iconium, going to be hard to reach by Timothy if Timothy wasn't circumcised. That was, that trumped Paul's passion about um, certain aspects of living by the law. And sometimes may God, in a situation, you may, you may one of these days find yourself in a situation where you're uh, I'm not talking about doctrinal issues or missionary issues. It could be anything. It could, you know, I know some of you are absolutely dedicated to one political party. This, how are you going to reach people in another party without finding some common ground to talk about? I mean, you know what? I hear people all the time, and we'll, we'll try to do with labels, but I, but I, I hear people all the time saying, it's absolutely impossible for anybody in this political party over here to be a Christian. Because, if long, because this party believes this and this and this and this. And so if you're a member of that party, and, and that means you believe this and this and this and this, which means you can't be saved because you can't be saved if you believe this and this or this or this. Really? Um, and then you miss opportunity to minister to people on the other side as long if you start out by accusing them of going to hell. Uh, so, well, I can't, I can't fellowship with, I can't fellowship with that person because they voted for this person last time and I don't want to get their cooties all over me. I don't want people, now this happens all the time. There are certain people in one particular party who won't fellowship or do business with people in another political party if they know what that party is. 
because they don't want to give their friends in this party the impression that they are giving one inch to the evil people in the other party. That's how, that's how bad things have gotten. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm just saying that if, if Paul were willing to set aside for the moment a very hard-won victory and do what felt like going backwards at first so that he could earn the opportunity of reaching a group of people for Jesus that were inaccessible otherwise. If Paul's willing to make weird choices like that, just don't be surprised if sometimes you're going to be asked to make weird choices too. Um, I wish this hadn't happened. I wish it wasn't in the Bible. I wish we didn't have that as a conversation. But God is always full of surprises because his goals are different than ours. His goal is, our goal is to be as close to being right as we can possibly be because nobody likes being wrong. God's goal is to just reach people for Jesus. Let's reach people with, let's, let's, let's reach people for Jesus and don't let your, good word, possible self-righteousness keep you from bringing actual righteousness into a situation where God can fix things that are really broken through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the end game. That's the end game. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us grace to be humble in the face of so many scary situations, complicated, confusing situations, difficult choices. God, help us to reveal, help, please reveal to us what your end game is so that we don't get trapped standing on principles when we could be relying on the power of your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.